Uh. So my peoples one time. What up, what up, what up? Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening live. Oh my goodness. As you can as you can imagine, listen to those voices. You if you hear those voices, you know the 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 mod squad of podcasting is back at it again. And we're all in the same room, if that can be imagined. This isn't a room, it's a studio. Thank you, thank you. Well what you know like a bunker. Yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of down here, you know, in the end of the world. And this is the end, end of the world studios. Hey, when the apocalypse hit, it's going to be us and roaches. That would have sounded like like a Christian rap label 10 years ago. Mm. This is end of the world records. Yeah. Anyway, this is Across the Intersection podcast. As always, this is AJ. I'm in here with E and A Smizzle. You can ingest our wonderful podcast on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes. Uh, Google Podcasts and Google Play As I shared last episode We're now on Spotify Go check us out if you ingest your podcast on Spotify um, We're also on Stitcher TuneIn Radio And SoundCloud um, And you can hit us up on social media We're on Facebook um, As we shared last week we do have a Facebook group now So go hit us up across the intersection And across this on Twitter I am on all social media at Divinimus. That's D-I-V-E-N-O-M-O-U-S. And you can hit me up on Twitter. That is E to the V to the. Yeah, yeah. And so, as I said, we're all in the same venue this week. So it sounds so nice. How how 2017 of us to be in the same room. 2017. (laughs) Um, But we got a special guest with us uh, this evening. We're actually recording at night. This is not our, our, our usual morning time, but we do have a special guest. And I get to introduce her now as friend of the podcast, uh, Miss Andrina Sawyer. What's up, Andrina? Hey, how y'all doing? Doing well, Andrina. Thank you for joining us again. Yes, thank you so much Good. for joining us. Thank you for having me, and I'm, I'm glad I got upgraded to friend now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are the you are the first repeat uh, interviewee on the podcast. So you've now moved from just a, a you know a guest to now friend of the podcast. Yes. So so from now that's that's the new thing. If you come back and do a second interview on this podcast, you're now a friend of the podcast. I'll I'll take it. <laughs> so we we um for you know those listening um if you can go back you can definitely check out our previous interview with Andrina. Um, she is an amazing businesswoman. She was mentioned as um, mover as a mover and shaker in Prince George's County, Maryland, in 2018. So Andrina's doing big things. But there, you know, you you start doing this long enough, and I, I feel like a veteran now. You know, you start doing this long enough, things things pop in your mind um, after you talk to someone. You're like, man, I should have asked them that. I should have I should have said that I should have said this and so we 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 really brought Andrina back because we have a couple of those kind of things that just stuck in the back of our mind as well as she has some new amazing news that she wants to share with the world and because all of our millions of listeners because mm-hmm. life and death are the power of the tongue. <laughs> yes, millions of listeners. That's not what I. That's, that's, that's not what I was talking about. Yeah, that's not what the scripture's talking about either. But yeah, go, why not? It doesn't hurt to be positive. Oh, yeah, we just we we you putting know, out that positive energy anyway. Right, you speaking those things. That's not as though they yes, are. Ah. 
Gotcha. There, there it is. Um, but we're going to get to that. But, Andrea, why don't you catch the good peoples up on where you are? What's What's been popping in the world of Miss Andrina Sawyer recently? Man, that's a, a loaded question. Um, <laughs> so first of all, I really uh, <laughs> I am grateful to be back. Um, anytime you get a, a repeat invite, it means something, you know, it's a, it's a good sign. Um, what's going on with me? So I have a new book uh, called The Misadventures of a New Entrepreneur. And, wow. of course, McQuinn. Yeah, that, that, that was loaded. <laughs> Even for me. Um, McQuinn is still popping. Perk is still going. Um, enjoying Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving break right now. So, I'm just living life still. So, you enjoying Thanksgiving. So, where where are you enjoying the this wonderful holiday for the good peoples? Well, for the next few hours, Atlanta. <laughs> so I'm in the ATL. Yeah, I'm in the ATL, checking out with my family, having a good time here. Nice, nice. Is it is it as cold down there as it is up here? No, it's not as cold, but it's definitely raining, which wow. I was not prepared for. Yeah, I was not prepared for the rain. Um, but it wasn't, like earlier today was, was kind of nice. Uh, yesterday was nice. Just wasn't ready for the rain. So, Andrina, speaking of family, you know, you're down there. You mentioned that you're there with your family. And I know that right now we're in a really interesting season just uh, in America and as mm-hmm. black women and just in general with respect to entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship has become much more popular, it seems, in the last you know decade or so. And of course, black women are the fastest growing group of people to start businesses. But my question to mm-hmm. you is... How has that gone over with family? Because, you know, people from various cultural backgrounds, mine and other people, regardless, um, you know, sometimes family have haven't or members of families have an idea of what you should be doing. And then you decide to live your own life. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So, so that's a loaded question. You (laughs) get right into it. I know she just Um, come in here and start throwing haymakers. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so it's interesting, Eva, because so being West African, I feel like there's some cultural nuances there. Where when you start doing something like this, that deviates from like the norm. You know, you get your degrees, mm-hmm. several degrees, start your career, go up the ladder. At first, it's it's weird. It's not accepted. It's just you look like a deviant. Um, until you start doing things that look like, okay, maybe she's not so crazy. Maybe there is some stability. Maybe she's making money. Mm. We don't know, but from, you know, <laughs> all appearances sake, it looks like she's doing okay. Then it starts becoming a little bit more accepted. Um, but the funny thing about for me and my experience, um, with family though, is like, even when you get to that stage where it looks like, okay, she's, she's becoming a little bit more stable. Then they start asking about the other things um, that entrepreneurship has cost you. So mm-hmm. when are you getting married? When mm-hmm. are you going to start having children? Um, so it's always one thing or another. Um, but with entrepreneurship, I think there are these stages that you go through where your family is super-duper skeptical, and then they go to super-duper supportive, and then they go to super-duper inquisitive <laughs> because they're trying to figure out what the next thing is. Um, which I get, you know, is normal, but um, there are definitely some stages. With with the the mention of McQuinn, 
this is this is one of those mm-hmm. questions that you know we we really wanted to ask after the last interview. But see that that was back when you were just a guest. But now that you're officially friend of the podcast, <laughs> we feel we we feel at liberty to ask these kinds of questions. So. So the the name of your organization is McWin Minority Christian Women Entrepreneur Entrepreneurs Network Entrepreneur Network. Mm-hmm. I feel yep. like it's an S. I feel like I, I, I want to say there's an S on there, but that's all right. That's not that's not the question. We wanted yeah. we, we we really wanted to ask you: Was that name chosen intentionally, as opposed to something like Black Women or African American Women Entrepreneurs? Like. Did you intentionally want to call the organization Minority Christian Women? Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and the best way I could think of to explain the reason behind it is because, um, really, so minority for me is, is women of color. Um, and so the statistics about entrepreneurship, good and bad statistics, kind of lump us all together. And so when McQuen was created, it was meant to be like a resource to help all of us that are usually lumped together. So when we're talking about scalability of business, when we're talking about revenue, when we're talking about lack of resources, yes, it affects black women, but it also affects Hispanic women. It also affects other women in the diaspora that are not necessarily, they don't identify as black, um, but they, you know, they appear to be black women, but they don't necessarily identify as black. So McQuinn is meant to be a resource for all of those women. Hmm. Okay. I, I, I know that that was a question that we wanted to ask. And I, well, go ahead. Go ahead, A. So wh- what does all mean resource for all? Like, um, I, when it comes to business, when it comes to entrepreneurship, when it comes to having success, one of the things in which that is emphasized is focus. Uh, focus mm-hmm. on niche. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily being general, um, and mm-hmm. and so the the question in which that I have is that how does that how is that like do you agree with that or do you disagree? Um, if you if you disagree, um, why and and uh, however if you do agree, how how are you operating in that philosophy with um, with your organization? Seeing as though it it seems to at least entitle cater toward all, right? And and it's it's actually not um, intended to cater to all. It's intended to cater to non-white. So most business reports that you'll look at that address the issue of of race um, and even ethnicity usually split up women and entrepreneurs into two groups. They're non-white, and then they're white. Um, for whatever reason, that's kind of the standard when you look through business reports. Um, and so usually, again, when we're talking about some of the challenges that people have, they talk about the lack of scalability, they talk about the lack of revenue, the lack of bank loans that are available to non-white. So McQuinn is meant to help that group of people. Now, are we able to help everybody that falls into that category? No. Um, we're not at capacity to do that. But we find that if women, if the idea of being a woman of color resonates with them and that they've been directly impacted because of their race, um, when it comes to their business roles and even just their everyday operations, we want to be a resource for women. So one of the things that we do that's kind of become a signature component for McQuinn is our meetup. 
And it's a safe space. Once a month, women come and they just talk about some of these challenges. So whether you're a Hispanic woman, a Jamaican woman, a black woman, a black African-American woman, or an African woman that just came to the United States and you don't you know, identify as African-American woman, we want to be a space where there's that commonality of color um, for them. So it's, it, we, we can't help all. We just want to help the others. <laughs> Well, um, if that makes sense. I mean, that that I, I, I hear where you're going. What what is the distinction? You know, because you're you 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 are kind of implicitly making an acknowledgement. Um, it's like there's a like when you say somebody doesn't necessarily identify as black, somebody that that, that comes here and then they're West African, but they don't identify as black. What when you say that? Well, African American is what she said. Just, just to make a distinction, sometimes okay. when they first, I thought she said yeah. black. No, no, when well, they okay. first, yeah, good. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. they don't necessarily. Yeah, like the, somebody who's from another country, you know, just arrives, and at that moment, right, they so, might not identify as well, African American because sometimes they might not even be American at all. Okay, so um, okay, so um, I'm, all right. Well, I, I thought I heard black. Okay, <laughs> the the it, at, at any rate, at any rate, uh, they. Are you saying that they have the same needs or do they have different needs? Yeah, they, they will have the same needs. And what um, are those needs? Okay, so number one reason, number one need that most, most of us have cash flow, money issues. Um, so when it comes to revenue, the statistics say that black women on average, well, let me backtrack, right? So in the last Okay, because now you say black. Right, right. So no, let me I mean, just clarify. We have to get to. We have to get specific. Okay. All right. Well, we're not going to belittle our guests. No, no, no. Do, no, no. do, do you mean it, black as an African American, no, Andrina? AJ, I'm built for this. No, okay. yeah, I do mean black as an African American. Okay, I want to yeah. make sure people listen. Um, I'm might, built yeah. for this. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I love it. Okay. I love it. I love it. Go ahead. Eva's getting excited over here. All right. I see. In the last 10 years, businesses owned by women of color have increased 164% in the United States, right? But revenue is down an average of $20,000. So while women of color are earning between sixty dollars to $84,000 a year with their businesses, non-white women are earning upwards of $122,000 a year mm. annual revenue. And so there's always that commonality of, one, how do we get the money, the initial capital? So we're talking about bank loans. We're talking about investments. Then we start talking about operational issues, like how do I market my business so I can earn revenue? How do I get customers? How do I retain customers? How do I even get their attention in the first place? So there are lacks of resources, right, from the very onset of starting a business that we typically don't have access to, even though we're starting businesses almost at twice the rate that non that white women are starting. Mm. Wow. So wow. McQuinn is meant yeah, McQuinn is meant to provide those types of resources. But then there's a whole other side of entrepreneurship that's not as technical, that's not as clear with their data. Right? So the mental health piece, the family and work life balance piece that black women have a really, really hard time with doing <laughs> that are, again, are non, that white women don't have as much of a hard time with. So McQuinn is meant to address some of that data stuff, some of that technical stuff, but also some of these soft things that people don't talk about. But again, culturally, 
we see them at play. We see them at work. So whether you're Hispanic, whether you are African American, whether you're whatever Caribbean, there are these commonalities that affect us all according to the data. And this again, according to this cultural awareness and cultural, you know, implications that we all know about. So what are those, what are those things? What are those soft things that you're talking about? Um, so black women, if you were fired from a job to a lot, mm -hmm. no, I'm just saying, Mm -hmm. just to be clear, you did use the term black and I'm, and I'm, I'm being, it, it, it might sound kind of annoying, but I think that this does, but go ahead. Well, yeah, yeah, I know, but I think it's important. It's important because what happens is, is that you want everybody to be on the same page. And when people are listening Mm -hmm. and they have different backgrounds, they're going to, they read into certain words what they want to read into it. And sometimes we can mm-hmm. use words back and forth trying to explain a particular thing, but it ends up creating more confusion if we're not very if we keep switching out different words. So I just I just want to be clear. So, you know, because you did you said people of color and you and, and, and you're saying black, which I am listening. I am listening, but I just want to I, I want to be clear because not all According to the United States, not all people of color are necessarily black. Well, let's 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 right. transition but down I, to, but the, I, to the I next. But I am listening step. though, because she was she was um talking about something. So I just, I just. A- Andrina, answer this because this is the yeah. the next topic that we kind of <laughs> wanted to go into anyway that we talked about. Okay. So we for 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 the listeners, you know, Andrina had invited me to do a panel discussion. Had to be about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah, Eva was the host. She um she emceed the event um about how believers should engage with police, with all the police shootings. Mm-hmm. How how we didn't kind of engage with that. And there was an older lady, she, I believe she was from Nigeria, and it was towards the end of the panel discussion and she got up and she was very apologetic and she was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I didn't know." And one of the things that she said speaks right to this and and the, the reason I'm going here is because I, I'd love to get your thoughts because as someone whose parents are not born native to the United States, I can kind of I, I could kind of identify with some of the things in which she was saying. And for the listener. So this lady, older Nigerian woman was saying how her community was not connected with African-Americans um, because they're told when they arrive, they're told a lot of negative things about African-Americans. And so they're, they're sort of, it's sort of ingrained in them to not ingratiate mm-hmm. themselves to African-Americans or African-American culture. And so you see this kind mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. we're here, but we're not really here mentality. So share, cause yeah. I know you're from Sierra Leone. So why don't you share a little bit about, if you anything about that encounter, then anything just from your 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 background um, as it pertains to this disconnect in the diaspora, because there are black people who reside in the United States who you, you you're correct do not identify as African American, and I think that that's problematic. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's very problematic. Um, it's funny because I I remember going through a phase in college. Um, leaving high school, entering college, where as a form of protest, I used to check other um, on the forms when I was asked to identify what my race or my ethnicity was, um, because I was having a hard time. Yeah, I, I've had a very bicultural experience uh, coming to the United States when I was nine and not feeling African enough, but not feeling African-American enough. Um, and so <laughs> it was my own personal protest um, when I did that. 
Uh, but I, I think it's problematic because bringing it back to business, when we have the kind of issues that we have in entrepreneurship, and it's, it's like police brutality. People don't look at you and say, oh, you're African and not black or African-American. They just, again, just lump all of us together. And I think if there's that disconnect, it's hard for us to ask other people on the outside of our experience to reconcile us on our behalf. Um, so if there's a woman sitting next to me who is African-American and I identify as African and she gets shot by the police, where am I trying to go with this? <laughs> like, it, we can't ask white people, I'll just, you know, flat out say that, to say accept us all as one if we can't accept each other as one. Um, I think that there has to be a way where we can um, appreciate our difference our different cultural experiences without it being divisive. Um, I think that it's like church. We don't necessarily have to act like the differences aren't there, um, like ignore the, the, the differences. I think there's a way for us to celebrate them, but still be a unified front. Um, and that's what McQuinn is meant to, to do. It's meant to celebrate our differences, but unite us, um, because there are many more commonalities than there are differences um, in our experiences, in our looks, in our preferences, um, even in the ways that we're discriminated against. I think we're much more similar than we are different, but the differences are there, they're pronounced, um, and I think they ought to be celebrated and acknowledged. So, Andrina, do you think that it's more beneficial to all of us to celebrate the differences but have a united front than it is to continue to insist to the outside world that we're that we are as uh, diverse as we are. So, you know, to the outside world, just letting everyone know, no, you know, we're not just all black. There's more to it. They're more, it's more nuanced than that. Do you think that that might, there might be a backlash where the rest of the world doesn't know what to do with that? Whereas if we are mm-hmm. one body with similar interests and we come at it sort of like that, like the fingers on a hand, you know, coming together for a for a punch rather than to just flare flare out and flare out and separate. Um, that that benefits mm-hmm. everybody within these various uh, African descended groups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. So I, I do think that I think that the, the the only thing is I think that conversation about um, where we're talking about the differences needs to be an internal dialogue. I don't think that's something that we're necessarily ready to scream at the outside world yet mm-hmm. because we're, we're, the, the, the message is not uniform. Um, so if I'm screaming, we're unified front, and you're screaming, well, we're not really unified because we're so different. I can understand the miscommunication. I can understand the chaos because uh, the outside world, in my opinion, doesn't know what to do with that because you're telling me you're black, but you're telling me you're African-American, but you're telling me you're, you know, colored, I don't know. <laughs> archaic so there's there, there there isn't that uniformity so i think that there needs to be a lot more internal dialogue about what are we really um how do we want the outside world to to recognize and identify us it's like when you're younger um you can fight in the family you can fight in the house but when you go outside of that house you know you never let anybody see the fractures you know you all you never let them see what the breaks are in the family relationship um, and I think that as black people and people of the 
sorry, not black people, <laughs> but people of the diaspora, I think that that conversation needs to be facilitated a little bit different internally um, before we can even start talking um, and screaming, really, at the outside world. So, question for you. How do you identify now? <laughs> uh -uh. <laughs> Good question. So, now I'm just black. <laughs> so <laughs> Now I'm just black. And, Andrini, you, <laughs> Andrini I'm sorry. You, you were going to say something? Yeah. I was, I was going to say, um, and, and the reason is because um, African-American, so when I first came here, obviously I came, well, you don't know that. It's not obvious, but I came here as a refugee. So, citizenship was like a far off thing for me for many, many, many years. And so technically, even though my experience was as an African American, legally it wasn't. Um, and so I didn't, I couldn't, um, I, I preferred not to identify as African American. So now it's just easier for me to say black. Uh, Andrina, are you, um, are you, uh, uh, you say you're, you are uh, nation nationality wise Sierra Leonean? Um, yes. ethnically wise, are you, uh, are you Creole or are you something else? Yes. Are you Creole? Yes, I'm Creole. Okay. Yep. So, um, so have you, um, have you traced your lineage back here to the, to the U.S.? No, I haven't. Okay. Okay. Is there any, um, is there any information or your family talk about any of that or where, where, how far back does your, your background go that, that you're aware of? So it's funny because on my mother's side, not very far um, because of some of the experiences that my great grandmother had. Um, but on my father's side, um, it's funny because we can actually trace it back to Ghana. Mm -hmm. um, but my understanding, we're from Freetown, which was kind of a hub and a refuge for former returning slaves, um, which is why it's called Freetown um, for free slaves. That's where a lot of them went and then to the neighboring country of Liberia. And so I have just come to just accept <laughs> that there's so much mixture um, in the lineage that at some point, um, some of my people may have been here as slaves. Um, I don't necessarily hold, hang on to that. I'm a continental African. I'm an original African as strongly as some other people do. Um, and I think a lot of Sierra Leoneans and Liberians think that way just because of how the countries were formed right yeah because uh, this see, a lot of people don't know that and when, when when um can you explain creole can you spell it and explain it for for the listeners who might confuse it with something else that that it sounds like sure so creole in sierra leone is k-r-i-o um and a lot of people mistake it for haitian creole um so what uh people in haiti speak and haitian creole is more french-based Right. Um, but Sierra Leonean Creole is really, it sounds a lot like Patois, like Jamaican broken English, but it has a little bit of Portuguese, a little bit of French in it. Um, and the reason is because uh, Sierra Leone was colonized by the Portuguese. And so there's a, a little bit of mixture there. We also have a lot of um, British influence. So predominantly broken English um, or uh, British English, I should say. Um, and then a little bit of French, a little bit of Portuguese, but very, very different from Haitian feel. Nice. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you just got the, you just got the, the lowdown from Miss Andrina Sawyer. So let's, <laughs> let's, uh, shift gears, sis. I, we want to get into your book a little bit. So sure. it is, and you, you love these long titles. So I'm going to, I'm going to read this whole title here. <laughs> 
the the misadventures of a new entrepreneur five things they won't teach you in business school so why don't you why don't you give us the the background of that and and what led you to sort of write a a book like that yeah um you're right i do love long titles because it's always hard to narrow it down um and i I want people to get an idea of what they're getting into (laughs) Um, when they, they see the title. Um, but with this book, so a few years ago, I got a really nasty um, Facebook message from a lady um, who basically just went in on me and was like, you always think you have the perfect life, blah, 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 blah. And I have no idea where it's coming from. But now I've come to accept that it's probably like some built-up resentment. And I didn't know her like very well. I think I met her twice offline. And... At the Yeah, when she sent that to me, like, it hurt my feelings. And at first, I was like, I'm going to go back at her because she doesn't know me. And then I realized, I was like, you know what? Social media does give people this impression that when you're an entrepreneur, you're, like, living a good life. And what she didn't know at the time was, like, I was so broke. Um, couldn't even get gas money <laughs> a lot of days. Um, wasn't getting a lot of sleep. My relationships were all jacked up because a lot of people were mad at me that I was putting, like, this business and this, like, crazy dream for my relationship. And so I started to write about all these things that entrepreneurship was costing me. Um, and so that's what led to this book. Um, there were five major areas that I saw my life had drastically changed in um, that this lady didn't know. But I, in my head, I was thinking, I was like, she's not the only one. Um, I'm sure a lot of people who are watching entrepreneurs or who are thinking about entrepreneurship have kind of the same idea. Um, so that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Wow. So is this something that you would, at, at what stage of entrepreneurship, whether it's, um, whether it's still thinking about it or post business plan, like at what stage would, would you um, say that your ideal audience for this book would, would be in? I think those in the first three years of operations, like those who are just thinking about it, like I have this idea, I'm putting the pieces in place they should read this book. But those who are in those first three years who have already invested a little bit and they want to give up because <laughs> mm. it's so easy to give up, you're not quite seeing fruit yet, um, that's, that's who I wrote it for. Then I'll um, be getting one of those. Who... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll be ordering yeah. that book tonight. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> now, do you get um, more into the experiential element and the, and the part where uh, people really need to be encouraged? Or do you talk about specifics related to um, whether a person should be an LLC or S Corp or whatever the situation is? You know, do you get into those types of details or is it a combination of both? Yeah, so it's a combination of both. So the format of it right now is that um, there are five things and I call them lessons. So lessons one through five, those are all experiential. But then in each lesson, there's also a business tip. So each chapter looks like lesson one, business tip one. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the business tips, so I don't talk about structure, but I do talk about strategic planning. I talk about cash flow and uh, diversification. I talk about goal planning. I talk about implementation and capacity building. Um, but it's split up so that you get a little bit of technical advice, but you get a lot of experiential advice as well. Okay, great. Awesome. So, Andrina, why don't you let the people know where they can get your book um, and how they can get in, get a hold of you for all of that knowledge that you've built up over these years of being an entrepreneur? 
<laughs> Thanks, AJ. Um, so um, they can get the book on Amazon. Um, by mid-December, it should also be on Barnes & Noble um, in, um, on Apple um, and a few other online uh, platforms. But right now, it's, it's on Amazon for Kindle. Um, and you can connect with me on uh, social media. So I'm on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, at Andrina, A-N-D-R-E-N-A underscore Sawyer. Um, and then on our website at perkconsulting.net. Um, and then if you want to learn more about McQuen, uh, the website for that is mcwen.org. Again, ladies and gentlemen, that is The Misadventures of a New Entrepreneur, Five Things They Won't Teach You in Business School. Mm-hmm. I had to take a breath before saying that. Andrea, <laughs> thank you so much for rocking with us. We really, really appreciate you um, holding up your holiday vacation to come and chit-chat with us. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please thank go out you. and cop the book. Um, Andrina is good yep. peoples. I've known Andrina for a long, long time. Ditto. And the the stuff that she says is it's a little bit more than just talk. She walks the walk. Um, and I personally vouch for the stuff that she's putting out. So please go out and support her the way that she supports this podcast. Boom. Thank you all so much. <laughs> hey, thanks thank for coming Thank you for having me on. Let's get started, I won't teach you Let me set apart who is my people The ones who set in their heart to be believers Press on to the mark to follow Jesus When it gets hard, they be seeking the leaders Fathers that help them heal when they are beaten Or help them see the meaning when they're grieving Don't follow their feelings that are being misleading they the ones that keeping it biblical Keep it 100 when others saying it's fictional A relational life, that is how it's scriptural A stay in the light while cats be living typical Integrity be chose cause folks is hypocritical Religious midwit, man that is how they picture you Wishing you would go the way of the extinction.